What is up, my brothers and sisters, my agents of respect? It's your boy, Trey Johnson, back with another episode of the No Disrespect Book Podcast. And I've brought uh, two familiar faces back to the show with some fresh new titles. Uh, we'll start with Coach Marlon Wilkins, uh, Coach Marlowe, uh, currently coaching DB, specifically cornerbacks at Mississippi Valley State University. And, and we got Coach Don Kelly, uh, new newly appointed defensive coordinator at Independence High School in Louisiana. So uh, y'all already know I talked about last time these guys were on. We're going to see them. They're coming for this coaching game. And, and so in that little bit of time since their last appearance, you've seen some of that growth already. So I just want to say from the show and just from you personally, uh, proud of you guys, man. Appreciate it. No, we appreciate that, my brother. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's, and so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring these two guys back on is, you know, with the football season coming up, obviously college and uh, NFL, but also, you know, the high school game and even some of the little leaguers, you know, um, want to talk a little bit about recruiting. And, and one of the reasons why I want to bring it up, it's a topic I have a cousin who's, you know, he's in track and field, but, you know, he's kind of getting – in that point in time where he's getting recruited heavily and coming to me for advice. And I have no clue what to tell him because honestly, I wasn't that good to get recruited coming out of high school. So uh, got some guys who have a little bit more expertise in that background. So I uh, want to kind of get a feel for how you translate, you know, in the football game, some of the things you've seen as players, as coaches, and just, in this new generation of athlete today, and maybe some advice that they might need uh, to ensure that they have a spot at that next level, which we know not a, well, a small percentage of high school athletes go on to play um, in college and even smaller percentage go on to play professionally. So um, knowing what you got to do to and, and what it takes from beginning to end, what that process looks like, more to kind of run that by y'all. So that sound good to you? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so kind of what I want to start is, um, and and I know Marlon, most of you, you know, you went to the you know the best high school in the West Bank, you know, uh, Thomas Johnson High School, <laughs> Go Jaguars. Um, when I get uh, some money, I might throw some of y'all away, but you know what it is. Um, yeah. Just as a player, um, just interested in in what that recruitment looked like um, at that time. And and you don't have to tell me about the, you know, how much money Mississippi uh, State paid you or whatever to try to go there, but you ain't got to talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just, right, so, you know, uh, just, just kind of what that process was, was like for you. All right. So, um, as you know, bro, real small school, I think when I first started playing, we were independent my freshman year. Then we mm -hmm. moved up to 2A. And by the time I was a senior, we were 3A. So, you know, you really you playing that level of football down here, you really got to be some type of good. You know, it's, it's right. already hard coming from an advanced study school because you look at it as a nerd anyway, which mm -hmm. I know I wasn't one of the smartest people at TJ. I was smart, but I wasn't that smart. <laughs> um, so I would honestly say, um, you know, Kelly had me playing everywhere. Bro, I played linebacker. My freshman year, I had my hand in the dirt coming off the edge. So after my sophomore year, he was like, man, I think you were safety. And my junior year, first first game junior year, he moved me back there. He was like, yeah, you're going to be a safety. And then I caught a pick that game. He was like, yep, it's, it's all good. So my junior year, I think I had seven, seven interceptions. 
six or seven, something like that. And um, we went to the playoffs. That was like our first time hosting the home playoff game. I ended up playing against a kid that didn't end up playing in college for some for whatever reason. Um, his name is the King of Francois, but he had like UL, LA Tech, or whatever. And you know, I had a I had a pretty good game. I had two picks in the playoff game too. So after that, I kind of just saw my recruitment like take off. But like, you know, like you said, Mississippi State and all of that. Like it was, I was getting the junior day invites and all of that type of stuff. Um, them ULL. I was in touch with ULM. Um, obviously, Houston Baptist School I went to, now known as Houston Christian. We're not going to get into all of that. Um, <laughs> Louisiana College, uh, LA Tech. Um, so those were pretty much the schools. Honestly, bro, I thought I was going to be a bulldog. We're going to get to how the, how the process went. But yeah. long story short, I never got to make like a game because it always, you know, that's five hour drive. We playing on Friday night. You got to be back Saturday. So we could just never make it. But I ended up making the junior day. And at that point, bro, you know, I'm no real weight program. It's not really, I ain't going to make no excuse because honestly, I could have done more on my own than at that stage of my life. Mm-hmm. But you know, a weight program at TJ compared to a weight program at a Eric or, or, you know, a Cox or a diff- even, you know, a smaller school that just has the resources is different. Mm-hmm. So I was small, bro. I'm talking about like 5'11", 170, 175. So that was just like the first thing they saw when they saw me. Like, damn, we got to put some weight on you. Like, like mm-hmm. that. And so honestly, I can say after that, after they saw me in person, I think I got, I got X'd off. Like, that was it. Like, ah, too small, you know. That was one of the first things with them. So um, after all of that, that's like normally, I think like March or April, junior days, like around that time in the spring. So after that kind of fell off a little bit, it came to camp season in the summertime. So ULL wanted to see me in camp and ULM wanted to see me in camp. But I ended up getting hurt in the spring. Like, I bro, I, my hamstring was purple. So you know how that goes. Like, yeah. I ended up pulling my hamstring around the track, getting ready for a regional, a regional meet. We were practicing a four by one, bro. Practicing a four by one. We ended up dropping the stick. I'm the anchor leg. So we fumble it. And the first three legs, bro, that practice day, like that would have been the fastest time we ran all year. So coach was like, man, come on, y'all got to try one more time. Like we can't, we can't end it on the drop. And sure enough, you know how that one more rep thing goes, bro. Yeah. I'm talking about I get it. It's we running fast again. Like every leg runs faster than what they did the last time. Mm-hmm. I get the stick. I probably get about five, ten meters, bro. I ain't even hit my full stride yet. Sound like somebody shot a 22 all year. Mm-hmm. My hand straight pop, bro. I'm like, ah. And coach's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, bro, it's over. <laughs> I ain't running, I ain't running uh, this weekend. And needless to say, Coach Kelly was pissed, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he was hurt. Um so after all of that, he ended up making me play in the spring game because our other quarterback, Tyler, was hurt. So mm-hmm. we really had no other – and I was like, bro, like, man. So I ended up playing – I wouldn't say I had a bad game, but it was obvious that I wasn't healthy. And Jaluk was there. Like, Jaluk came there looking for me. called, like, where Marlon at? Like, where's Marlon? Where's Marlon? Like that. So it was camp season, bro. I went to ULL camp. I ended up locking up. We had a few receivers in the area that, like, ULL had offered and stuff. Um, I think one's name was, like, Christian Booker or whatever. He went to De La Salle. 
I ended up doing some one-on-ones against him at the camp or whatever. And so they ended up inviting me to the next session, like the elite session or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so after that, you know, I bought out again, but they kind of gave me the run around uh, towards the end uh, of their season. It's like, man, my people like, you know, what's up? Like we coming to all these ULL games, you know, y'all want us here. You're saying you really want us here. And then, uh, one of the running back coach at the time, like, oh yeah, we really like you, but we want you to be a PWL. So I was like, I got a full scholarship to FCS school that's going to pay. Like at this point, you could have told me that and I could have just left it alone. Mm-hmm. Cause that just doesn't like, that just wasn't smart. You know what I'm saying? Right. My people can pay for it or whatever, but that's just, that's just being dumb. And honestly, coming, I didn't even know, like, the Southland was really, like, that's one of the top FCS conferences. So I'm playing against good players week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I realized, you know, all the big schools were kind of playing or bigger schools, because I wanted to stay in the state. Honestly, I did. I, I really thought after Mississippi State, like, LA Tech or UL was where I was going to be. But kind of with LA Tech, it was the same thing. Blake Baker was a DC at the time. Jaluk loved me. Corner coach loved me. He was like, man, he just wants a safety that's six foot plus. Like, you know, and sure enough, they ended up getting a safety from Shaw named uh, Cedric Cooper. And, you know, he ended up, he was, he ended up being a really good player for him. Mm-hmm. You know, DCs, they have that body type or whatever. And yeah. Just right. kind of let it go. So, ended up going to my school, bro, and Honestly, I could probably say that was the best thing for me in the end. You know, I got to really develop there. I played early, you know. Um, but the switch to what you see now in recruitment, I feel like even when I was coming up, that was my, what, seventh? Damn, that was almost 10 years ago, bro. Golly. Jeez, I'm getting old, bro. That's crazy. Um, um, it was more of a clout thing. It, it's more of a clout right. thing now. Like, um, blessed to receive offer number 40. Like, so now it just looks like you're counting off, you know what I'm saying? When really, bro, half of the time, these college coaches, you get an offer, unless you're just a guy, you don't mm-hmm. even really have a committable offer. Like, they want to see you in camp, like you have a camp off. So, you know, it's a game. Like, it's a game on both sides, you know. A player will keep a school hostage thinking they have a chance when all in reality, you know, you just a hat on the table on signing day. So, I feel like the recruiting game, it can be kind of sticky both ways, you know, because you got to, like you said, you the Mississippi State comment, you know, there's a whole lot of that going on at the biggest schools. We all know we're not dumb, you know. But, you know, it's it, it can get real sticky. Um, but I feel like these kids, they're at an advantage, you know, especially with social media and stuff being so popular. Like, it was popular when we were coming up, but now it's just like you have so many different platforms to put a highlight tape on for a coach to just be scrolling and see you and notice you off of this one clip, you know? And that's really how it happens, bro. Like, and just being a coach now in college, it's, it's really funny. You'll see, like, a school offer a kid, and then maybe even if that kid is from a certain state and that school hasn't offered them yet, they'll offer them just because you offer them. You know, like, oh. it's it's a game, bro. It's a game. Like, and sometimes a school will just take a kid just so you won't have them, and they really don't even have a plan. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a whole lot, bro. They're the recruiting stuff. They get crazy. And, you know, I wasn't even 
rated. So I could just even imagine like a three-star, you know, that's getting SEC office, power five office. Like, bro, it could get, it could get crazy, man. But around recruiting, man, just advice. I'm going to give them young boys some advice, especially little cuz. Just, you can't shake feelings, bro. You can't force feelings. You can't, you can't fake feelings. So you have to ask hard questions. Where do you see me in your system? Whether I'm playing football, basketball, what position you see me playing? Like, what is your plan for me? Because at the end of the day, if our vision for you or me doesn't match up, then we, we can't fit. That's just going to be, you know, you bump heads. And, you know, right. at any level, really, you have a, a coach. It's just really what the coach says goes. You can't really, you know, mm-hmm. you can't really, unless you're just a five-star. But even then, sometimes, you know, five-stars at Bama and Georgia ain't just doing what they want to do. So, yeah. You know, so you got to ask the hard questions. Build, try to build relationships. Um, ask the players, you know, of the school that's recruiting you. Ask them how they feel about the coaches and things like that, how they treat players. Because honestly, I was one of those players. I didn't lie about anything. When I hosted a kid, I didn't lie about nothing. Right. I was straight up like, we have this, we don't have that. Yeah. It's how I feel about coach and all of that. So, it's things you need to ask before you uh you just jump on a school, even though mm-hmm. your school. You just gotta do research, man. And I feel like in the end, you know, that's a family decision because it's your plan, but your whole family can benefit or you know, be in the short end stick because of the decision made out of emotion. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And uh, and Don, I uh, want to segue to you. Um, Marlon kind of was talking about some of the things that he would tell uh, some of the younger players. And I know those are the players that you have to work with uh, day in and day out. And just from your perspective and, and kind of seeing some guys that you know might be playing at the next level, what are some of the things that you try to coach them up on uh, to make sure that they are – uh, kind of preparing themselves to play at that next level. Well, uh, before I even get into that part, you know, just some of the stuff that Marlon was talking about. Uh, there's been a guy, and, and I'm not going to, like, you know, speak on names because this profession, you only as good as your relationships and your word, right? But that, there's been times where, like, the other time I, I, I reached out to somebody and said, hey, uh, this guy not in my room, but stock is about to blow up real, real crazy. You might want to holler at me about it. And uh, kid got hot two P5 offers later. Like, maybe you should have got, you know what I'm saying? So, like, then you see you see the social media interaction. Because, like, if, uh, if upper echelon tech officer, officer kid – uh, like Marlon was saying, you'll literally see multiple offers within the same conference or not even in the same conference. It's like, wait, hold up. Okay, so we can take this guy. Um, and you do see the body type thing a lot. Like uh, like if Marlon, if Marlon would have been half an inch taller, he's P5 and he's not a PWO, right? So, like, that's a lot of things that 
regardless of especially basketball and football. And I'm not a basketball guy, but um, one school I, I was I was I, I coached at. I was told the story that one P five school sent a coach to the office to take a picture standing next to the kid. So they had a reference point as to how tall and long that kid was. Like, like if you if you do not fit their body type, they're not gonna want you. The stars, the stars don't even matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if a particular coach gives a kid an offer or a particular program, that kid now has stars by their name, right? Um, if if a kid goes to a particular camp or if a kid has has a coach that's in good with some people that that does rankings, that kid now has stars. A kid could be a god awful player, like no feet, stiffer than plywood. You know what I mean. But if they look the part, like if there's a if there's a, an offensive tackle that's six seven, three hundred pounds, he's gonna be three four stars just off the bill. You know what I'm saying. So, um, so that's one thing I let kids know. Another thing that I tell them before you even get to the field part, when you pick in a school, you got to go not only where you want it. But you have to go where it's a spot to where if you weren't playing ball there, could you see yourself going to that school? Could you see yourself living in that town? Right. And another thing that I've been telling telling guys since I've been in this. Don't shun a coach because a, a coach that's at a, a, a NAIA school today can easily be at a P, damn a P5 can be coaching professionally like yesterday because the community is so small. Right. So. Like as a player, um, I maxed out playing uh, semi-pro ball as a coach. Uh, I've just gotten to my highest position, which is being a DC, right? Um, but I've only coached in the biggest classification in the state like one time. You know what I'm saying? But I'm connected to P5 coaches. I'm connected to uh, ex-NFL guys. I'm by six degrees of separation. I'm connected to current all pros, NFL coaches, like literally like you do not know who these coaches that are reaching out to you know. So you say when these kids are like, oh, man, screw that, man. I ain't D3. I'm D1. I'm D1. Okay. When that coach get promoted and they got to bring in their guys, he easily can reach out to you. Like that, and that's what kids got to like. Don't, so like because mm-hmm. so kids are doing that. Like they playing a dangerous game when they egg these these schools on. Like, if you're not going to go, just, like, don't even waste their time. Like, if you know in the shadow of a doubt, you know what I'm saying? But do play the game. That's what these schools are doing, right? Like, I I, I grew up with a guy, um, a particular P5. I was recruiting him and a teammate. And once the teammate signed, they rescinded his scholarship offer. And that guy actually ended up in the Southland Conference um, as, a, as a corner. Um, so, I, I tell them about the games within the game. You know, hey, clean up your social media. Um, you know, um, you, you, you have to move completely different once you decide you're going to be a student athlete, even if you're not going to be a part of the 3% that plays any level of college football. Then once we get to the skill part of it, it's like, okay, you need to be able to do this, this, and this in order to play on these levels. And that's after you get to body type, you know what I'm saying? So like, uh, use myself, for example, right? Like, the arena opportunity, the arena football opportunities I was getting, and when I almost uh, had an opportunity to go to a, a street free agent workout for a Canadian team, it was because I got long arms, 
thick body and skinny calves. So like, okay, he's a big, strong guy that can move. If you put somebody in a in a smaller body or a bad built body, but they're more athletic, like if they don't look the part, they're not getting that opportunity, right? Um, and then the color kind of plays into it too. Like if you're white and you're an X or a T receiver, it's going to be harder for you. If you're a running back, it's going to be harder for you. If you're a cornerback, it's going to be harder for you. The same, so the same way there's still a little bit of an in on black QBs, that's the same for white skill guys if they ain't a fullback, tight end, or safety. Like, coaches have their biases on all levels. Like, I had a I had a JV kid who actually was my second best corner. Opposing teams would pick on him when they should have been picking on the six-foot black kid with, with dreadlocks who was still and wasn't ready yet. And that was just on the JV level. Like, so those are the things that, like, I'm, I'm dead-ass honest with, with my guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you're, if you're too small, you're too slow, like, you're not going to be able to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have to be perfect, and then, like, you're going to be a walk-on. Like, some guys will bet on themselves and be a PWO. Um, but that's not for everybody. And then a lot of things kids got to understand, too. So, like, let's say me and Marlon was at – let's say we would have been at Houston, Houston Baptist at the same time. We both played safety. Uh, Marlon on scholarship. If I'm a walk-on, I can't be late. I can't miss a rep. I can't miss treatment. I can't, like, I have to be perfect. And then the thing is, if I'm balling, I'm still not going to get that opportunity right away because they have money and resources in Marlon. It's a game within a game. It's no different than a pro game. Like that backup point guard, that's the 11 guy in rotation, might be a killer. But he wasn't a first-round draft pick that's getting $3 million guaranteed for the next three years. So, like, you have to mentally be ready for that. You know, like I told a kid at a junior high, I coached that some years years ago in another city. He was like, man, Coach, what, what happened if I walk in a, in, a, in a office in the coach's office and I tell him I'm homesick? And, I, and, like, I don't know. I said, before you can finish that sentence, they're going to send you home with a bus ticket and go get somebody off the corner and do the same thing you can do. It's a dirty game, especially football. We come, a, we come a dime a dozen as players and as coaches. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, as coaches, we're replaceable, too. If I go out to a bar, get into a dumb fight tonight, it's easy to go get another D.C. that's charismatic with kids. You know what I'm saying? So that's, so that's what I let the kids know. Like, play the game within the game. Be the best you you can be. The, af- the, the, the athletic feats and opportunities going to come later. Say all that to say that. Awesome. I appreciate that. And, and you kind of touched on something that I want to segue to in terms of athletes sometimes saying that D1 way or no way. And um, one thing that stands out to me, I know y'all probably watched Last Chance You. And I remember the last yeah. football season to do that East LA wide receiver. He could have either went and played for a state school in California because his dad was an Army vet and you could go free. But they had some beef or he I believe he got a FCS offer. And I want to say uh, through some research it ended up being uh, Weber State is who was the FCS program um, that offered him. So it's funny because every time I see Rashid Shahid now, I think, man, that could have been you if you would have taken yeah. the opportunity. But at the time, he was like, it's not D1, so I'm not going. It's not Power 5, so I'm not going. And he ended up taking a preferred walk on at the University of Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then COVID happened. Yep. So it is his career. Who knows where he is, but what he's doing, but preferred walk on University of Hawaii. Obviously, we know the budget cuts that came 
with the with the pandemic. And so um, he missed his opportunity, honestly. And so, you know, we have a lot of young athletes who have that same mindset of I'm going to go D1. I'm going to go power five. FCS isn't good enough for me. Division two isn't good enough for me. Division three uh, NAIA isn't good enough for me. What is some advice that you would give um, to those young athletes just coming up on keeping their options open and, and I guess going where they wanted and, and Marlon, I'll start with you on that one. Y'all have it way different like that. When I played, especially like you, you know, you had a few guys transfer out, but mm-hmm. it's not how it is today. Like for it's thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that actually end up finding another home. So it was either bro, you gonna play, you gonna work hard to play to fix whatever you need to play, or you know, you play. It's just not gonna be it, or you just gonna play at all. Coach just was playing. So. Um, my thing is, I, I don't always agree with these grown-ups, for one, that never played sports, that like to say a kid is running from the challenge every time they transfer, but at the same time, you know, there's adversity in every situation. It's never going to be 100% good at every spot you're in. You're going to have rough patches as a player. No matter how good you are, you can have a tough time how you got in every situation. You know, stuff like that, so... It's just about, you know, being strong mentally, man, um, in that aspect. But just like you said, like Diamond said, you can't just shine a coach. You can't just shine a coach out. You know, with recruiting now, you never know, like I said, and that, that's why I was not so much when we said that. You never know where said coach might be in two years. Some of these kids in the portal, you know, they might get an FCS offer and just blow the school off trying to go, you know, power five or group of five or whatever and then try to double back, but then not necessarily. You ain't even want to talk. Now, all of a sudden, when it blew up in your face, you, you so, you know, and, and it's not even about being fake. You know, it's just, you know, have that conversation. The conversation may take you a long way. You might not have a play, but who knows? You might be a coach. Coach might hit you up like man, like you know you didn't come to school, but we had to tell you a little bit of a ball how much you can be a GF So always, you know, keep your options open, but at the same time, don't you know, you don't want to get into this, you know. But you definitely have to pull up what's genuine and not. That's the the biggest thing because you know it can get real it can get real fake sometimes. But my biggest advice is just, you know, no matter what division or classification school is in, you never know what can happen. Be like me, in here, get hurt, you tear ligament in your knee. I'm scared thinking, you can have me go pull my offer, bro. I'm probably supposed to be heartbeat with that shit. Before I'm going to meet up in year of high school, before I go to college, there ain't no way they're going to keep it, luckily enough. And like you like to keep around the same situations happen. And if you find a school that you like early, early, you can still lock it in, commit early, and still keep your process open. You know, 
nothing to stop me from doing it. And I do know, I do know some of these coaches from these bigger schools don't allow their recruits to go on business after they commit, encourage mm. it, uh, you know. For me, if the school is like that with you, then that isn't the place for you. Because at the end of the day, we, I might be visiting your school, Trey, and I fall into so I commit, right? But I still haven't seen my options, which I take my But it officials, do they? Is that is that the truth, or is it still five? Five official visits? I think it's still five official. It's still five official. I thought they increased the number. So yeah, man, like you know, you you have four other chances to go see schools that's on your list on your top five or a top school on your list to really make you think about where you're spending the next three to four years. In most cases, four four plus years, because mm-hmm. most of these kids red shirt. You're gonna red shirt most of the time, you know, unless you're just a guy coming straight out of high school that's ready physically, you're smart enough to play, and you have coaches trust. You know, so you got to be prepared to spend four to five years of your life at CSU. But like I said, the transfer portal got it kind of different for them. They, mm-hmm. they, they got an upper hand with that. That wasn't wasn't even really an option. Like I, I had probably, I had a roommate that transferred, but I just can't name 10, 15 kids off my team that just transferred, bro. So nowadays it's just different. And, you know, we getting old, but. Seven, uh, uh, 2016, uh, 2017, 2018, that just wasn't that long ago, but right, how, how it is now, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's like, you know, being a GA, I'm over stuff like that, like looking at the portal, and it's just like I'm looking at pages and pages and pages of kids with ratings and schools they came from, and I'm like, it's ridiculous. And it's sad to say that a lot of those kids didn't even find a home, yeah. You, that thought you were better than you were, or you didn't commit fast enough. So spots filled up on you. Now you're, you know, you're stuck. So, yeah, man, like you said, you just got to be diligent about doing your research and building relationships with people. I feel like, at least for me, I, you know, feelings and relationships, you can feel when something is real. You know what I'm saying? So that was my biggest thing, especially with making a decision. So, yeah, man, the recruitment. Be serious about it because you can end up messing yourself up in the long run. And and I will say, I think the one thing or, or sorry, one thing that always gets lost, whether it's the school you're choosing or even transferring, is the the academic side of it too. Huh. Sometimes you huh. you transfer and those those credits don't transfer over, or yeah. I believe. Um, I believe this happened with Coastal Carolina's quarterback when he wanted to transfer, wanted to transfer to Auburn, actually, with Grace McCall. Auburn didn't have his major. So he ended up saying, mm-hmm. hey, guys, what I said a few months ago, forget about it, coming back. But what if that coach had already gotten rid of his scholarship because you said you believe it? Then what happened? So mm-hmm. um, that's, that's one big thing that gets lost is the, I guess, the academic factor in it all um, and, and how that can affect you graduating and stuff like that. And me and Don didn't cover it, but you're right. That's first and foremost. If you don't have that, you can't play period. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like some of these kids in some institutions, um, you can get a waiver on like the ACT and stuff like that to where you don't have to take it, especially if you have a high enough GPA, you can get mm-hmm. to school with that. But if you're a kid that don't take school serious, man, you might as well just 
find a find a new go find your job find a hobby find <laughs> something because you will not make it and the ones that go to juco i don't even think they realize how hard that is because you went from being that guy but then you're still playing with a bunch of guys on a juco team that's trying to make mm-hmm. it out that's that might be hungrier than you might be putting in way more extra work than you you got to really be built differently to survive in that type of environment. If you're going to Cali Juco, we watched Last Chance You, and I played with somebody from Cali Juco. He went to uh, Sac City. So, bro, like, that's not the type of life you want to live, man. You get them grades right. And that's one thing I can say. I had great parents, and I went to a good school. I don't care if I brought home a C on the interim. My mama would damn it tell me, well, you're not going to practice tomorrow. Like, it was serious like that, you know, so – them books, man. Them books, first thing, man. Before I test, still, you don't have grades, you, you can't go anywhere. So, absolutely, you're correct. And, uh, I'll, I'll go to you on this one, um, kind of picking up on, um, like, those different levels. And I think sometimes, just kind of add to that, it's usually sometimes those students that are waiting late in that junior year and that senior year and still kind of taking their time uh, to make a decision. And uh, we always know that, and, and, and Marlon alluded to it, that offer doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of what, what do you think uh, some athletes should think about in that kind of waiting game of these are the, the places that are offering me and this is kind of where I am academically, being close to graduation high school-wise. Uh, what's some advice um, as, a, as a coach on that level that you would kind of give to a player that's in that season of waiting, I guess? Um, like waiting to see what, like what the offers are? So make sure yeah, I got the yeah, question right. yeah, yeah, kind of. They've gotten a few offers, but now they're still kind of waiting on that one or two offers. Right. And they so, haven't seen that, so they're kind of, you know, so you, sleeping you, on you got to sit down. And, and so, like, for a lot of people be, that that's blessed to be able to play on the college level, like, that's like you getting drafted. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, like, you treat it like you're about to be a pro athlete. So you got to sit down and get an honest eval. Like, if I'm sitting down and um, if, if I, if I want to go play for – Ohio State or 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 LSU, right? I have to sit down and ask myself, like, am I a LSU guy? Or and it's no disrespect to like any of these programs, but like it, it I mean, if you gotta face the facts, like it is levels, right? Like, am I a, a LSU guy or am I a uh a La Tech guy? Am I an Ohio State guy or am I a Miami of Ohio guy? Like all of them are D1 universities, but the conferences are different. The resources are different. The money is different, right? So like as you, as you, because like even on my level, like there's some there's some schools where like you coaching for your livelihood, right? So on a college level, like these guys are depending on 18 to 25 year olds to feed their families, right? So you got to go where you're wanted immediately you got to take care of your books you know what i'm saying like if you're not gonna take care of the books then you can just go sign with the crib university they got a lot of talented athletes over there at the crib you know what i'm saying so um um so it, I, I, 
but the sad part is, I mean, let's face it, like as a coach, like I enjoy teaching, but I teach on the high school level so I can coach, right? And athletes are no different. Like they they tolerate school so they can play their their chosen sport, right? Uh, but I just tell them all the time, like in life, you have to do things you don't want to do, you know what I'm saying, to, to get to the part that you want to enjoy. You know what I'm saying? And like with me, whether it's as a teacher or as a coach, I draw a lot of real, real world parallels, right? So like, like you can be dating somebody, right? And I tell people all the time, like I treat treat football like a like a woman, right? There's some hard conversations you gotta have. There's some arguments you gotta you gotta have. There's some times where y'all ain't talking to each other, but like you gotta go through them hard times in order to appreciate the relationship and grow, which is different other, right? Ain't no different in football. You gotta you you gotta do the weight room. You you gotta you gotta go do your conditioning. You gotta take care of your film. You gotta conduct your behavior. You gotta take care of your books, because unless you're in the top one percent of high school athletes, and when you came out of your parents, when you were conceived, you were just better than everyone in your class. No one is moving any. No one's moving a paperclip, much less a mountain, for you to get to the next level. You get what I'm saying? Like on the high school level, I am not going to risk my job for any kid when I can just go find another kid that's going to do the same exact thing within my school building. Like, unless a kid can change my life and play play me into a college job, like he's that Jimmy and Joe, you're not getting any special treatment from me. Like, talent and production affords you to be a goofball. So a lot of these kids think that they're better than what they are because a lot of the people in the community and then within the family will start looking at them as a meal ticket. I've seen many kids on my level that get their head screwed up because you got this trainer in that ear, you got that trainer in that ear, you got this guy to do pictures and videos. So like he's trying to pull up all of a sudden because this kid is starting to get hot in the area. So it might be a kid that's not even a college athlete. He's just a great high school player and that's where his career is going to end. But if there was an opportunity for, for that kid to go play on Saturday, he's going to have this grandiose delusion about himself. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, say all that to say, I really just tell kids, man, be real with yourself, be honest with yourself. Like, be like, am I a D1 guy? If I'm a D1 guy, am I P5 or G5? Or am I, or am I LCS? Am I D2? Am I D3? Hell, am I JUCO? Some people career ends in JUCO. Like, they're a JUCO football player. And then it's the thing, too. You Not only you can like, if you go JUCO, you're competing against Division One bounce backs. You're competing against guys that's transferred from D2 to D3 so they can graduate and play their way to a bigger school. You're competing against other JUCO guys. Then you're competing against incoming freshmen. And let's face it, the transfer portal has every college in America basically is a pseudo JUCO now. You know what I'm saying? Like right here in my backyard, Southeastern just lost a guy to LSU. My, my man was all South and all American. Boom, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? So that's why these kids are getting lost in the portal not finding a new home because, yeah, you just put yourself back in the same water with a new class of high school seniors and a new crop of JUCOs, and you're not the only guys hitting the portal. Because I've coached guys that moved on to college and they hit the portal on D2, D3 level. So, like, so that, that I'm just, I tell them, be honest with yourself, be real with yourself. Don't listen to anybody else but you and a good person in your corner that's going to give you some good advice. Awesome. I appreciate that. And, and, and as we end this, I know we uh, we talked a lot about what we tell players and kind of some of the things they need to be aware of. And 
and Ma, and I'll start with you and Don, I'll let you finish it. Um, what advice do we need to give parents um, or family members, loved ones, friends? Because uh, we've seen a lot of careers go up in flames because of the folks around them. Um, and so I just kind of want to end for the parents and the, the support systems listening. What is some what is some advice that you'd give to them? Um, <clears throat> so for one, I'm going to say enjoy the recruiting process while you're kid, cousin, brother, is still a high school athlete because once they cross them doors to go to that institution, it's over with. Um, it's rare that you find a coach that will be willing and happy to constantly get calls from parents and this and that, and, you know, nagging, why my son not playing? Ah, and, you know, I can honestly say, bro, um, I had a coach that was different. If I was messing up and I was doing stuff that wasn't like me, he would actually call my people and be like, man, look, Marlon tripping. Like, and you know, Marlon, my guy, I'm going to make sure he's right, but he tripping. Marlon slacking in his class. Like, he good? Like, you know. So enjoy the process while it's going on. But as far as when they're considered a, a student athlete or as we call it, an athlete student, it's over, man. They're pretty much grown. So what they do is what they do. Unless you have that relationship with a coach like that in college, they're not going to entertain you. And at the end of the day, that might end up hurting your kid more than anything because now they can use that as a reason to why you aren't playing. Or that may be a reason as to why you aren't playing. Um, you know, so at that point, man, your kids are grown. You know, you got to let life be life at that point, you know. Once you hit 19, 20 anyway, you you pretty much making your own decisions, man. Like you you gotta think for yourself. Your parents not out there on the field with you, they're not in the weight room with you, you know. So you just gotta, I think, instilling good core values and things like that in your kid, that's the only way to go. And even then, sometimes you might be the best parent, you know, situations just don't always work out. So um, one last thing I'm gonna touch on, you need to know your kid, you know, know your kid, you know, certain, so, you know, we are all our parents, but it, I know in one situation, a certain situation, all our parents, if we did something and we saying we didn't do it and somebody else saying we did it, our parents would be like, oh yeah, that's my child. My child did mm -hmm. that. He'll do that. You know, you gotta be real with yourself. You know, every kid isn't perfect, but you just got to know what your child would do and wouldn't do. And that just comes from knowing your child, really, you know. Um, don't be a damn helicopter parent or whatever it's called, the sports time. I think that's what it's called, helicopter that's parent, helicopter mom. You know, it doesn't matter. No matter how much you scream at a coach or belittle a coach or berate a coach, your child will not play if they're not good enough. They won't. So that's, you know, and some of these coaches, bro, they, they waiting on that moment waiting on that moment to say, oh, so your son telling you he's not playing? Here's the film. I can show you why he's not playing. This is what he's doing at practice. Because nine times out of ten, the kid isn't showing that parent film, but they, they, you know, they don't even know the, that they have film, you know, at that level. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny, you know, but you just got to know your child and, you know, let them grow up. That's what college is all about, growing up and 
you know, they're playing a sport and sports are what they what they say sports are meant for, you know, to build men, you know, so it's becoming a man and growing up and finding yourself. And like we all touched on, man, it's going to be rough times, rough patches. So, you know, you just got to let them grow. And then, you know, if everything plays out okay in the end, you know, you might not have an NFL player, you know, but you might have a college graduate, you know, Mm -hmm. a businessman, you know, so it has its benefits, but, you know, just, Play a role, but don't be extra. That's my advice to parents. And once they Play hit the college role, level, but don't be extra. I like that. You know, you know. Yeah, man. Nah, I'll let you finish. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to say something that I be wanting to say. And I kind of used to say it when I was a younger coach. Um, sometimes you just got to shut the hell up. Like point blank period. So, like, what, what they got to understand is, um, guys that coach on Saturday, they recruit the families too, right? So, like, if they see that it could be a great kid, but if the parents are toxic, if the parents are the ones that are like, why my son ain't playing this position, blase, blase, they're, they're not, they're not going to take it. Like, I can tell stories of guys who ended up D2, D3, and they were supposed to be Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, but the parents called making outlandish demands and they lost scholarship opportunities. I can tell you about people that lost pro opportunities because of, of bad families. So, like, you got to understand, like, just shut up. Like, that, that's literally, like, the best way that I can say it, right? And then, like, make sure your kid is doing the right thing, right? So, like, like during a game, if you're having a conversation, it's no different than being a classroom teacher. If you're talking to your child via phone call or text during my class, that's no different than you doing the same thing while they on the field on a Friday night for me. Like, I don't care if they on the sideline. I don't care if they ride the bitch. Their eyes should never be away from what's going on in between the lines, right? But there's a kid that lost a P5 offer because he was in the crowd and he was taking a selfie on the sideline. The scout was in the stands. Rolled up the program, packed his stuff, and left. So, like, you you have to understand. And then the thing is, too, and I tell I, I tell parents this all the time. Um, and, and because I'm I'm a coordinator now, I have to bite my tongue a little bit, especially if I'm ever blessed to be a, a head on, on on this level. I told a parent last year, it's like, hey, so you're you're questioning not being able to come in the weight room with your son. If we was at Bama, would you walk up to saving strength and conditioning guy and do the same thing? Would you walk up to Dabo at Clemson? Would you walk up to Kirby? I'd say, well, no, it's okay. So what's the difference now? I say, and guess what? Our coaching staff is basically a collegiate coaching staff because we have multiple guys that played and or coached on Saturday. And we everybody in the office have sent kids to go play college ball. Like I can personally say that, and it's not any credit due to me, but I can literally say that I've coached college athletes in several different sports. And there's actually a kid that I coached that's playing professional baseball, never post baseball, right? But through a sport I coached him in, I can say I've coached professional athletes. So the parents have to understand, just fall back. If there's a concern, follow the chain of command and be respectful and do it away from everyone when you, when you take the emotions off the, off the table. 
You know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure Marlon wearing across a kid. He's like, damn, this kid be good. What's the parents jacked up? Like, there's guys that get drafted for stuff they said and did at 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? And they're 24. So, like, that's what these, that's what the parents got to understand. Let us develop. But guess what? We spend more time with your kids than you do. All right. And school start in a few, like, next week. So I'm at the school for 40 hours just as a teacher. And I'm at the school for another 30 hours as a coach. That's Monday through Friday before we even get to the weekend. So your, your child is away, you're working, and then when y'all in the same house, y'all might eat dinner together for 30 minutes and then y'all going to sleep. So I end up knowing your kids just as well as you do. And I'm end up caring and loving for your kid as much as you do, sometimes more, because not everybody comes from a good family. You know what I'm saying? So you have to trust us to have their best interest and know what's best for them and the team. Like, we're trying to get them ready. We're trying to get that 3% ready for guys like Marlon. And then we're trying to get the other 97% ready for life and be way more successful than we ever can be. Yeah, well, so essentially, for some of y'all parents, man, some of y'all kids not like that. Y'all need to chill is what I'm hearing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't say it. We didn't say hey. it. <laughs> I can coach well, against it. But I can say it. Cause I can coach against Paying me to coach right now. So, <laughs> man, I can coach I, against anything but a dinner table, baby. Dinner table conversation. I appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, like I said, I think recruiting is such a big thing um, in young athletes' lives. I think when you're coming up, you're not always, you want, you want to play at certain levels, but you're not always thinking about what it takes to get from point A to point Z and everything in between. And so, um, having some guys that are doing it at a high level to have this conversation and telling these young athletes, men and women, um, what they need to really be thinking about, and even their families, uh, what they need to be doing and the type of support that they need to be giving to not just prepare their kids to play a sport at the next level, but to be an adult, live life. Um, what happens once they're not in your care anymore. That's what um, everybody should be preparing for. I hope, you know, and I assume that's what you guys as coaches do, trying to develop the young minds of this world to be great in whatever they decide to do, hopefully legal, um, and, and benefit in society. So uh, just kind of appreciate you guys uh, sharing some of that some of that wisdom. And, and you'll always be a welcome guest here on the No Disrespect But podcast. Yes, sir. We know you know we're gonna be back. Yeah, we'll be back uh, in a few months. <laughs> all you got, maybe all you, even sooner. Bro, all you well, gotta we'll do is call. We'll, we'll definitely have to have a certain somebody on after um they bust uh, a certain school's ass on October twenty first. I looked at the date. <laughs> hey, that's no my prime, birthday, man. So no promise your time. No promise your time. I'm put it on. I'll put it on t shirt. I'm putting it on t shirt. <laughs> Uh, but but as I let these guys uh, get back to their day, um, as we always say here on this show, if we offended anybody, it's a good thing. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to learn, and it's an opportunity for you to teach. All we ask is that you keep it respectful. Peace. Don, you at uh.